This week, Jess and I talk about the chaos that is VBS, and we also finish our conversation about marriage and divorce. When is divorce permissible? Is remarriage ever okay? And what is the most important thing that you remember, whether you are married, divorced, single, or remarried? All that and more on today's episode of Goodwill Talk. Absolute madhouse over here right now. It's a little bit chaotic it's for insane. sure. This is very. If you'll hear noise in the background, you're going to hear sure. some things. There's going to be kids screaming. Uh, it's it's going to be perhaps the most inappropriate backdrop to the conversation we're going to have, which is about divorce today. We're we're finishing up what we talked about last week in uh, in marriage, and we're we're kind of coupling that with today's episode about divorce and remarriage. Um, all the while, you're going to hear. Weird music and screaming, and Rob Herb <laughs> with his walking siren. around this place, letting a siren off like it's you know an air raid is coming through. We've got to <laughs> all hit the deck. I don't even know what you do during an air raid. I don't either. But we should learn because he's got a siren. Do we tell them that it's VBS? It's VBS. We I don't think it's VBS. That. That's VBS. why. That's why <laughs> these things are happening. Yeah, they were gonna think that we were. <laughs> Recording Sorry. live in a war zone or something. Yeah, no, we're yeah. in such funny moods already. <laughs> I think it's I just started ridiculous. with you're going to hear children screaming, which is probably not. <laughs> Enjoy in happiness. Oh, They're not going to hear much. This is what happens they when won't. you have like two days of EBS. Then we went to the baseball game last night yeah. and we yeah. got to bed late. And now we're at church early again. And they put it microphones in front of us. It was fun. But we're all a little, a little loopy. We're all tired, man. <laughs> we're tired. It's, it's been a, it's, it's been a good week though. VBS oh, yeah. has been fun. The kids are so cute. Yeah. So you have a cool perch from where you're at, Jess. I Remind do. everybody your, your, like annual job at VBS. Oh, I, I put the, the words and the, and the pictures and the videos up on the screens for the kids. There you go. So I get to sit up in the sound booth and like you see them all doing their little dance. I mean, some of them are grumpy and sitting and moping. Yeah. But, you know, do their little dances and they're all just like so happy and excited. And the pastors get them to scream and scream and scream. And they're like, shh, 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 it's time to pray. No, it's time to pray. Yeah. <laughs> it's time to pray. I got to do but, that on Wednesday. That yeah. was kind of fun. But they're all, it, they're just like, they love it so much. Yeah. It's. It's a lot of energy. It's a great time. Monday's an interesting day because everybody's a little bit nervous and like not sure. Yeah, but how by, to Wednesday, it. by Wednesday, everybody's like, "We we we got this." They're just they're just they're they're VBS professionals. These kids, no question. And and at this point in the week, the adults are just hanging on for dear life. <laughs> they're just like, "We're we're just gonna survive." It, it's yeah. been fun watching people really just dive into serving these kids. Oh yeah. Like yeah. rise, rise above and beyond rising to the occasion. No question. No question. I mean, we've had we've had a lot this year at VBS. We had a broken bone. One of our leaders. That was something um, that happened. The first we day, had yeah. on the first day. Uh, we I wore a cape at one point. Um, I don't know what we're going to make Tim do. I can't see into the future. Like you guys are listening to this after VBS is over. But Tim's got to do <laughs> Some, something. Gonna gonna we're going to do something with Tim. I want to, you know, we, we should dump slime on him. No, Rob would be so mad at you. <laughs> we'll put it. He's like, Marcos, really? Just stand here on this tarp. Why? <laughs> don't don't ask questions, Tim. Don't ask questions. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna be fine. You're gonna you're gonna pray covered in slime. He would be so unhappy. He would. He's the he's the last pastor. <laughs> yeah. You could do that. Like the rest of us would eventually just roll with it. I don't know if Tim would roll with it. He would be so mad. 
<laughs> you would just be so mad. Oh, man. Uh, but VBS anyway. has been great, and it's all about shining Jesus's light, which is awesome. Um, and, uh, you know, on Tuesday, we're talking about how do we love one another when we disagree? How do we still have that community and that yeah. care for one another? How do we shine Jesus's light when things are going bad? How do we shine Jesus's light when things are going really well? It's yeah. a really cool week. I, I like this VBS. It's yes, been fun. I agree. Yeah. And Stellar is the name. You guys and are it has shirts. been Stellar. Oh. Oh. <laughs> where's the where's the sound effect? We don't get a is there not a Jeff's distracted. There. Thank you. Thank well, you. She's your sound effect. <laughs> during VBS, he's so used to like turning his ears off. Oh yeah. Because no, you know, like Jeff hears so much that like normal yeah. people don't hear. Yeah. VBS is a especially chaotic time. So are you for his saying head. that he's tuning us out? I mean, yeah. Jeffrey, tuning you out or tuned out? Tuning well, us out. Tuning us out. Like you're, you're not listening. Well, to you're that. tuned out. It's already done. I'm not, I wasn't. You know, I wasn't in the process of tuning you out. You were already tuned out. Oh, I was already tuned out. <laughs> it was already happening. <laughs> you completely something that caught my was, eye here. Had already been accomplished. Wow, that's <laughs> something caught my eye here. It's not very nice. That's Jeff. fine. Our anyway. producer isn't even listening to the show. He's recording. He'll, he'll, do you know how many times he has to listen to the show when he, when he does <laughs> that's, the editing? That's and, totally fair. Yeah. <laughs> he like, knows these I'll, episodes better than anybody. He's like, I'll hear it plenty <laughs> later. That's great. All right. Uh, yeah, let's get to work. So today uh, we're finishing up a conversation we started last week, and uh, really this is how we're ending our season, which is a strange way to end the season, but that's yeah, okay. It's been the season. nature of the season, so that's yeah, whatever. It works. Um, so talk us a little bit, Jess, give us a recap of what we've been talking about and, and where we're going in this conversation. Oh, well, I mean, it didn't come out of nowhere. We're in the Westminster um, Confession of Faith in Chapter 24, which is on marriage and divorce, and we talked about marriage being between one man and one woman mm -hmm. that it's designed to um, be of mutual help to the husband and the wife to help develop them in their faith and spiritual character we talked about the i don't know marriage marriage like the authority that church has in the marriage or like yeah, the, to, yeah. to marry people that right. there's civil significance too right but i think that's where we left off yeah so we we talked a lot about marriage and and what we wanted to do was have a conversation about marriage and yeah um you know what constitutes a healthy marriage and and we we recognize that um everybody's gonna be listening to this in different places some people feel like their their marriage is really vital and fantastic and clicking on all cylinders or other marriages are like eh, we're a little out of sync other marriages that are really on the rocks um, but we need to remind ourselves regularly, what is a healthy marriage? What does it look like? Right. But when we realize, when we turn to chapter 24, is that the confession deals with marriage and divorce together. And then if you go to the New Testament, you go to Matthew 19, for example, um, Jesus deals with marriage and divorce together. Most of his teachings on marriage include a teaching on divorce. So um, in order to talk about this well, we've got to talk about both things, both mm -hmm. marriage and divorce. When I do premarital counseling, uh, one of the first things I do is, is walk through what is the Bible's teaching on marriage, which goes right in line with, we also have to know the Bible's teaching on divorce. When is divorce allowable? When is it not allowable? Um, what does divorce mean? Is remarriage a thing that's allowed? We're going to get into all of that today. Yeah. And we have the help of the confession to, to walk us through that. So uh, I encourage people to read this chapter of the confession. Actually, more than that, 
read the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, it's not that long. It's, no. it's you know, 30-something chapters, uh, the Westminster Confession of Faith. This is part of our, uh, this is part of our Constitution here as a denomination and as a church, uh, it has secondary authority. So it's it's not the same authority as the Bible. Um, the Bible is the supreme authority in all matters of faith and life. But a secondary authority means that the standards here carry more weight than anything else you'll read outside of the Bible um, for our church. And so we, we want you to be aware of what's going on there. So Jess, do me a favor, read chap- uh, paragraph five okay. of this chapter, and we'll start getting into the divorce section of this, uh, which might be touchy for some folks, but that's okay. We're going to walk you through it. We're all going to be fine. Go ahead. I feel ahead. like it's very gracious. But... I think so too. Okay. Let's go. So chapter five says, it is the divine intention that persons entering into the, into the marriage covenant become inseparable inseparably united you should say inseparably (laughs) united again that was fun inseparably united becoming inseparably united (laughs) (laughs) thus allowing for no dissolution save that caused by the death of either husband or wife however the weakness of one or both parties may lead to gross and persistent denial of the marriage vows yet only in cases of extreme unrepented of and irremediable unfaithfulness. This is very mouthful wordy. Irremediable. You nailed that one. Anyway, that was good. An irremediable faithfulness, either physical or spiritual, should separation or divorce be considered. Such separation or divorce is accepted as permissible only because of the failure of one or both of the partners and does not lessen in any way the divine intentions for indissoluble unions. Wow. All right. That's the modern English version too. Oh, man. Take it back to the old school 17th century language. I was hoping you were going to read chapter five. Like, you know, obviously, I oh, read no, this before I mean, we came. It was, and I was like, it was your turn. I don't know why it was your turn, but I just thought it was going to be your turn. You, you gave that one gl- little glance and you were like, look at all those words. That's a big, that's a big paragraph. Give that one to Jess. Anyway. Um, so let's, let's look at some of these things. The intention of marriage is to be lifelong. I, I remember, um, did you do premarital counseling? I did. You did? All right. So um, when you did premarital counseling, did divorce come up? I mean, I, I think it, I, I, I don't particularly remember, but I know Matt is, was divorced. Right. So I, it must've come up. Okay. So when, in, in some fashion, so when we did it, um, we, we had our premarital counseling done by our youth pastor. Cause we were, I was Cause you were youth. 21 and she was 19 <laughs> when we went through premarital counseling, right? We were, we were young and, uh, and, and he was the one who did the wedding. Like we okay. were, we, yeah. we knew him very well. He literally wrote down, um, he said, these five words. He just wrote down five words, put it face down, slid it over, and said, if you can't agree with that, don't get married. And uh, we turn it over, and it says, there is no way out. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, all right. And that really stuck with us. Um, Because my wife's parents um, got divorced and have both gotten remarried. um, And my parents got divorced. And we had no real picture of what a godly Christian marriage looks like. And so I I think I said this before, but Aaron and I basically had the Bible and prayer. Like, let's just let's see how this goes. Right. And we had people who spoke into our lives, but we didn't really know what we were doing when we got married. Like the Um, real living out of it. No clue. No clue. what We we knew how bad it could get. We didn't know what a healthy marriage looked like. Mm -hmm. We'd never seen it up close. And so um, hearing that was really helpful because when you're young and going into marriage, you're thinking, oh, man, like if this doesn't work out, you know, then maybe we'll just marry other people in the future or blah, blah, blah. 
No, there's no way out. You're getting married. This is an indissoluble right. union. This you are is in. for life. That's mm-hmm. the goal. Um, but the goal isn't always met. There right. are some things that can happen. And, um, you know, when, when you thought getting married, um, I know Matt's been married before. We'll, we'll talk about divorce here in a minute. Yeah. But when, when you guys got married, that lifelong commitment, how real was that? Because you guys got married older than we were. Yeah. So for us, it was like, yeah, okay, cool. But no concept of what that means. Yeah, no, I think, and as like, I know that divorce, even if it hadn't been in our premarital counseling, like certainly it was a part of the conversations that we were having as a couple because like, these are real life things. And like, at the age that we were, like you were already seeing marriage of, marriages of some of your friends failing. Right. And stuff like, you know, so I, I think we were realistic in the like that it happens but also in the we're not doing that yeah so like how do we prepare for that how do we have conversations about like there are things that we will set up in our marriage that we will never do right because those things can you know like we're we're never gonna have the like well i'm just leaving you fights yes (laughs) like yes like if we're if we're getting to where we're saying those words it's because something like that that's mentioned in chapter five yeah is is happening yeah that like this is unacceptable but we're not just going to throw that around the in the, fights the most destructive thing you can do in your fighting is bring up the d word yeah it is you, you don't mention divorce ever and and this is something that um, in marriage counseling i'll talk about with couples be like because because sometimes this does happen in fights so maybe we should just get divorced and that is an incredibly destructive idea to um, inject into a conflict in a marriage right. because it it creates the idea that there's a way out. Right. And there's not. There's no way out of a marriage with three major exceptions that I'll talk about here in a minute. Right. Um, and that's, I, I think, human weakness being a part of what happens here is something we all have to take very seriously. Yeah. Two um, fleshly weak human beings enter into an indissoluble union with one another where we say we're going to be together for the rest of our lives and only with one another for the rest of our lives. That is a um, massive commitment that we are too weak to handle on our own. Yeah. We need the Lord to help us through this. And, and human weakness does, as it says here, the weakness of one or both partners may lead to gross and persistent denial of the marriage vows. Um, Yet, only in cases of extreme, unrepented of, and irremediable unfaithfulness, physical or spiritual, should separation of, or divorce be considered. So only in those cases. And uh, when you read this phrase, what comes to mind for you, Jess, when you're thinking, like, what qualifies here? I mean, abuse, physical abuse, spiritual abuse, emotional abuse. I mean, all all of that, I think, would be qualified in that. Um, Obviously, like, unfaithfulness. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know what else. Yeah, so, I mean, those are... three. I can't think of three. Yeah, so those are are two of the three biggies, right? So um, I call them the three A's when I'm doing premarital counseling because it's just easier for people to to remember. Um, Adultery is the clearest. Um, Jesus teaches about this immediately. Uh, unless adultery has been committed, you don't get divorced. Um, Paul in 1 Corinthians 7 adds to this a little bit, and he adds uh, abandonment in. So that's the second A, is abandonment. It says, if you've been abandoned by your spouse, you're no longer bound to that marriage. You're freed from it. 
And what we have long understood in the Christian tradition is that abandonment can be a literal physically they just left or it can be abuse. Abuse is a form of abandonment because right. you have abandoned your marriage vows to cherish and, and care right. for one another and all this. So um, those are the three A's. Uh, adultery, abandonment, and abuse are the three reasons the scriptures give us for separation and divorce um, to the point where it's even the right thing to do sometimes. Like, especially in, in, in instances of abuse, it is right to separate and divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, doesn't mean it's not awful. Right. Doesn't mean it's not against what God had designed marriage to be. He had designed it to be lifelong and indissoluble. But it is better for the safety of the person being abused or for the children being abused or whatever it is to end the marriage for protection's sake. Right. Um, so it's it's a... It's a difficult thing, but those are the three areas, especially here at Goodwill Church, we say, yeah, that's, you, you get divorced in this situation if you need to. Now, I've also been in a situations, uh, not just once, but in situations where adultery has entered into the relationship, and I'm sitting in the room going, as the pastor's saying, this ain't going to survive. Right. Like, I'm, I'm just looking at it and going, nope, not going to work. And um, those couples still married. Still doing. They were able to get through it. Forgiveness was able to be there. They're able to, they're able to push past it. So, these things don't require. There it is. There's the alarm. <laughs> There's the alarm. If you guys didn't hear it, you should have. Rob just walked uh, by. Rob just walked by with the alarm. Um, you know, in those, it, so adultery, for example, doesn't require divorce, but it is in these situations where divorce is permissible within right. the church. Yeah, it's and just so. As it, you know, in cases of extreme, unrepented of, and irremediable. Mm-hmm. So, yes. you know, it, it leaves room for, you know, not that you have to. Right. But, like, if, if there's, there's clear work that needs to be done, and, mm-hmm. you know, it's up to the person who did the things right. to do that work. Well, and, and sometimes that work can be hard. Like, it's, it's, it's hard, it, like, impossible to accept, really, for the person who's been harmed, right? right. So one of the things that can happen in an abusive relationship um, is uh, apology. There's a cycle of abuse. Mm-hmm. People who study domestic abuse, intimate partner abuse, they understand how this works. The abuse takes place, and then there is what appears to be repentance. Oh, I'm so sorry. There's the I'm so sorry, there's the trying to make amends, and then there's this, the time of calm, and then it takes a turn again, and the tension rises, and then there's more abuse, and then there's more I'm sorry's, and that cycle of abuse... Right can look like, well, they're repenting. That's repentance. That's not is, repentance. Yeah. yeah. So anybody who's listening to this is so important to me because I've, I've, I've even seen this up close in my own life. Yeah. If you think that's repentance, if that person who is abusing you seems to be repenting, they're not. That's part of the abuse. Right. If they hurt you and then say they're sorry and then hurt you again, they are not repenting. Get out. Mm-hmm. It's very important to me that people who might be going through this, because in the church, there are abusive marriages. And and often it's done quietly so that nobody knows. And and it, it doesn't come out till later. We're like, oh, how did we not know this happened? Like, no, the pastors knew, no, the elders knew because it was so well hidden. Like, abuse is masterful at manipulation and hiding and deception. Mm-hmm. If you're being abused in your marriage, get out and don't believe that they're quote unquote repenting when they say they're sorry. That's part of the abuse. Um, Repentance is a total heart change, a total heart change. Right. And and that's what we're looking for in these situations. Um, Serial adultery is the same way. 
Like, I know they said they're sorry for the 16th time. Right. They're not. Right. They're not repenting if they're not completely changing their entire life to make sure this doesn't happen again. Right. Identifying what they did, accepting that it's their responsibility and doing right. everything that they need to do to walk themselves out of ever being in that situation again. Absolutely. So um, now, clear in the standards, such separation or divorce is accepted as permissible only because of the failure or one of one or both of the partners does not lessen in any way the divine intention for indissoluble union. Um, this is because of sin, right. not because God did something wrong. And, right. and that's the other thing. Like, it's so natural and normal when you're going through this kind of a, a your marriage is, is tearing apart and the, the heart-rending nature of that to say, why would God do this? Um, that's natural. You can bring that to the Lord. He'll, he'll take that on. Right. But the biblical reminder is sin did this. Your sin, their sin, whoever's sin led to this, sin led to this, and this was not God's design for marriage. Right. So just want to make sure that that's, that's clear. All right, let's move on to six, because now we get to the thorny issue, if divorce wasn't thorny enough, <laughs> of remarriage, because it seems in the scriptures that Jesus teaches against remarriage. Um, and and he says, you know, if, if somebody... Um, you know, divorces a woman and then tries to remarry them. They force that woman, that woman is forced into adultery and, and stuff like that. Let's get into what this looks like in six and seven around remarriage, because a lot of people in the church remarried, yeah. a lot of people considering remarriage. Let's look at it. Go ahead and read six and seven for us. I get to read all of them. You get to read all of them. Six and seven, or we're going to break six and seven up into two uh, Let's parts. look at six and we'll talk for a second. Then we'll do seven. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I did yeah. it right. All right. Chapter six. The remarriage of divorced persons may be sanctioned by the church in keeping with the redemptive gospel of Christ when sufficient penitence for sin and failure. Oh, uh, nope. Sorry. When sufficient penitence for sin and failure is evident and a firm purpose of and endeavor after Christian marriage is manifested. All right. So marriage of divorced persons may be sanctioned by the church. They give this sentence, all right? Mm -hmm. And then um, what we haven't been reading, because it's impossible to really read it, are the proof texts yeah. for all this. There's like There are 38. 17, like, yeah, oh, they're counted across. Them. I counted I these. Say, it's two full typed lines. Two full typed lines. 17 separate, with sometimes multiple verse, 17 separate proof texts to support this. And so we're not going to go through them all. What I would encourage people to do is uh, go to the EPC's website. You can mm -hmm. find the Westminster Confession of Faith there. It's under resources. Under resources. Thank you. And um, you can read this section. You can look at all those proof texts. The remarriage of divorced persons may be sanctioned by the church in keeping with the redemptive gospel of Christ. Um, separation and brokenness and the destruction of relationship is not the end of the gospel story. Right. The end of the gospel story is bringing people back together. And um, sometimes that can't happen with the same person because of the reasons for divorce or whatever. Mm -hmm. When there's sufficient penitence for sin, actual repentance, actual transformation of the person. So, um, you know, there are people who kind of serial marry, kind of like serial dating. Yeah. Um, and nothing changes. Same person. Right. You know, you're getting married and you're going, yeah, this is going to last another, you know, got another six month marriage here. Is the Hollywood marriage cliche yeah. right right um when sufficient penitence for sin and failure when you recognize why the marriage failed right 
I, I, I've sat in conversations with people before. What happened with the divorce? I'm not really not sure. Oh, you're really not sure. <laughs> you have a lot more work to do than you think. You don't need to be getting remarried. Yeah. Because if you're really not sure what happened. Right. You're going to be in the same boat. So it's it's the the sufficient penitence for sin and failure is evident. And a firm purpose of an endeavor after Christian ma- marriage is manifest. In other words, they actually know what they're moving towards. Right. There was that last week's episode of the purpose of a marriage and the goals of marriage, what a happy Christian marriage looks like is all in view. Yeah. I feel like these are conversations that Matt and I had a lot yeah. of the, you know, what what he had, what is different, right? what his part in that was. And I mean, like, so Nolan, my stepson, he like can't picture his dad who he has mm. never known as, I mean, like they divorced him. He was very, very young. Mm-hmm. So he's like, I don't, I cannot see this person and my mother ever being married. He <laughs> right, like never right. had that like, oh, you know, maybe someday they'll get back together. Like right. he never had that. He's like, why were you married in the first place? <laughs> because I just, there, there's something so conflicting about mm. who he is now mm-hmm. as a Christian man compared to, was then. right. When you were having those conversations, um, heading into marriage and, and having to wrestle through, this is a remarriage, we don't want to make the same mistakes, those yeah. kinds of things. Did you guys do that on your own? Did you have help and resources? Like, how did you approach those conversations? Um, I don't even remember who gave them to us. Somebody gave them us books. I'm probably even going to butcher the name, but it's like save, saving your second marriage before you before it starts. Okay. Or okay. I believe that was one of them, and another one was uh, the Smart Step, the Smart Step Family, and the Smart Step Mother, or something like that. Books, but they were books that were really good at bringing up conversations and things that, like, you have to talk through these things. Yeah, you cannot ignore these conversations because when they come up in the heat of the moment, they will not be fruitful conversations. Right. So it was a very good way of bringing up things to think, think about, think through, think like you already have family traditions that you've been doing for 10 years and probably, you know, the week before Christmas when you have expectations of, well, this is what I always do that. Well, maybe that's, maybe that's not what we're going to do this year. So like, you know, (laughs) let's talk about that in May. Right. When the book tells us to. Right. So, you know, kind of bringing some of those, what could be heated conversations or contentious conversations, bringing them up in a very neutral way and not something that's like kind of naturally brought up because of a conflict. And then you're just at odds yeah. and, you know, have that heat and passion in the conversation. And you're like, well, this isn't going anywhere. Right. So I think, I think those, I don't, and I'm not necessarily endorsing those books because these are yeah, things yeah. I read 15 years ago, but I, I remember them being just good conversation. And I, we would like keep it in the car okay. and we were driving okay. places because, you know, a lot of it is, it's not like big, heavy reading. Yeah. You know, it's just like a little conversation, conversation starter, starter sure. or, you know, just things to think through. And so we just pull it out and like, all right, let's talk about this. Well, and I, I don't know about those books. I, so I'm not endorsing those books necessarily, but I am endorsing the idea that you need to have these conversations yeah. well before you get married. Yeah. I mean, you, that's, that's gotta be a part. Like if you've, if you've been married before and you're considering getting remarried, you're dating somebody with the idea of, I might actually marry this person. Uh, don't wait till you're engaged. Like, please don't wait till you're engaged. This is for everybody, just across the board, whether you've been married before or not, please don't wait till you're engaged to have these conversations. (laughs) Yeah. Because um, we see it too often as pastors. You get engaged, 
Then you get premarital counseling when all these things come up. But you've already paid for the hall and you've bought the dress and the caterers are booked and right. like people feel like it's too far. They can't. To, they feel like they back. can't go back. You can. You absolutely can and, and should if, if there's else, a problem. You should just hit pause for a while, right? And have those conversations, and then after you've had them. Then hit unpause. The part part of this is because of the romanticism around engagement, right? We want the yeah. surprise engagement, and oh, I never saw that coming. Blah blah blah. All right, um, let's just <laughs> murder that. I didn't like. Want we that. don't need that. Talk about it ahead of time. Yeah. Are we interested in getting married? Is it should we get engaged? Have those conversations. Yeah. Before you get into. Um, a real sense of, all right, we're engaged and we're, we're hurtling towards the marriage because every engagement is fast and lots of stress around it. You don't want to have those conversations when you're high stress. Yeah. Have them before the engagement. Yeah. So that you know if you even want to get engaged to this person. Um, or even if you should ever get engaged again, which is what chapter, what, what paragraph seven is about. Really yeah. important. Read, read seven. Okay. Divorced persons should give prayerful thought to discover if God's vocation for them is to remain unmarried, since one failure in this realm raises serious questions as to the rightness and wisdom of undertaking another union. Okay. That sounds harsh. It, it does sound a little, but it's not wrong. Not only is it not wrong, it's really good. Right. Well, like you, you were talking about like the serial, like I just get married. Like yeah. I like I marry everyone I date. Yeah. And one of them is surely, surely it'll stick. Well, maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe you're actually part of the problem here. Right. Um, listen, part of the reason why this sounds so harsh is because we have such a low view of singleness. I, was, I, was, I need to talk about this for a second because it drives me insane. Okay. Marriage is not in any way, shape, or form better than singleness. In fact, Paul is clear, crystal clear. <laughs> that it's preferable. Singleness is better than marriage. <laughs> right. He's very clear. I wish you would remain single. We can take a wife, he says. Peter has a wife. Right. The brothers of the Lord have wives. What? Barnabas and I are the only ones who aren't allowed to? No. But singleness is better because our our views of, of the world aren't split. We're not trying to care about worldly matters with our families. We're just focused on Christ and the mission of right. the gospel. It is better to be single. But if you can't handle the high calling of singleness, go ahead and get married. Right. That's, the, that's what the Bible teaches. It doesn't teach like, well, one day marriage, just make sure you're praying for me. It's got to be about marriage. Right. God's purpose for you is fulfilled in marriage. Got to get married. No. No, definitely not. Zero chance that that's what the Bible, the Bible teaches that singleness is good and even better than marriage. But for those of us who are weak, me, <laughs> we, marriage yeah. is a good and godly thing. But singleness is a beautiful thing um, that we need to make sure that we elevate as awesome. Mm -hmm. in the life of the church. And we, we've done an awful job at this in the evangelical world. We have just, we've made single people in the evangelical world feel like they're sub-Christian right. or that they are, there's something wrong with them um, when they're the ones who should be like celebrated and given the seat of honor yeah. in this place. So that's, I mean, I, I get heated on this one because I see the way single people get treated and it bothers me deeply mm -hmm. um, because it's so unbiblical. If you've gotten divorced really seriously consider that maybe singleness is your path forward and a singleness dedicated to the work of the Lord and to the kingdom. And you can be single-minded about it. Right. Um, 
there's something beautiful about that. If you need to get remarried, go ahead. It's not a sin to do so. But really consider if singleness might not be the more faithful decision for you. Um, I think there are people who feel pressured into getting married who shouldn't get married, who should just remain single right? and embrace that their singleness is a good thing. Yeah, I feel like if, you, if you're feeling pressure to get married, that's a really, really clear clue but, that you shouldn't be. But how often are particularly women in the church pressured to get married? How often? I don't know. I left, so, I left the church during those years. I mean, it's constant. Yeah. It's, I was having a conversation with a single person the other day who is saying, yeah, you know, people getting married later and later. Um, you, you start, you know, you're in your early twenties, like, oh, you don't want to get married yet. You know, you want to be just, and then you, she's like, you, you get past 25 and it's like, why aren't you married? You should just go ahead and get, just get yourself married. And it's like, it's like, there's an 18 month window like, of rightness yeah, when you like, should get you married. Do, what are we doing? And, and these are un, like quiet. Every time that single people come over, you're trying to match make them or you're like, I've got a guy for you, or I've got a girl for you. It's like, can they just be a human being sitting at the table having dinner with you without yeah. having to be match.coming them? Like, <laughs> it's just, I was, we didn't need Christian Mingle. We have church potlucks for that. Anyway, <laughs> I get heated. I was going to um, say, you are on a large soapbox. I just, it bothers me because I, I, I want single folks in our church yeah. and in churches to understand that their singleness is valuable and good. Right. And not a weakness or a detriment. And um, our culture, our, our like our insider evangelical culture mm -hmm. has so demeaned singleness for so long that I just it, it needs to be recaptured as good. And this paragraph reminds divorced people that, listen, you've you've been married. It didn't work for whatever reason. Um, either for good reasons or for bad reasons, like you got divorced and you shouldn't have gotten divorced. You should have pushed through it, but you got divorced. Here you are. Maybe singleness is right. Right. And, and so while remarriage is permissible, singleness might be the better option here. And I just, I want to encourage single folks. Singleness is good. Lean into it. Use it to serve the Lord. Um, anyway, that was my, that was my soapbox. I'm gonna bang on that drum for a second. Would you like a ladder to climb down? I mean, it's, I know it's a <laughs> it's, big. I'm sorry. I it's just I, 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 you're wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I mean, all and I feel like I mean, not all of us, obviously, because maybe you're not doing it, but I do. Every once in a while, you'll have a single person, and not that I feel like they have to get married, but you're like they're just so nice, and like I just want them to be happy, and like it is a little bit of a they're probably happy. <laughs> 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 they are, in fact, happy. Like, I'm worried about your happiness. You're probably happier. <laughs> it's, yeah. You just, you know, come Be join me in my misery. No, I'm not miserable. <laughs> That's me that was mean. Yes. I'm not miserable at all. <laughs> no, I, I really I, am not. <laughs> I know you're not. Uh, no, I, I think the, um, I think what's important there is, is the, again, getting back to the purpose of marriage and singleness, which is the glory of God and the service of the church. Right. And. Single people can do that more effectively than marriage people, married people, according yeah. to Paul. And so um, if you're going to get married again, do so for the glory of God and for the good of his church. Right. Or remain single for the glory of God and to the good of his church. But whatever decision you make, lean into that. Serve the Lord well. And uh, if you get married again, praise God. If you stay single your whole life, praise God. That is great. That is 
Paul lifts that up as a really good thing. Mm-hmm. And and when we're talking about marriage and divorce and remarriage, we just got to make sure we keep the, the goals in mind. This is all for the glory of God. And divorce is not for the glory of God. Divorce, it, it is a, um, while necessary at times, it should be a rare, um, never... Christian divorce rates should not be as high as they are because we never get to the place where divorce is is prompted by extreme, unrepented of, ir- irremediable unfaithfulness. Mm-hmm. The Spirit should never allow us to get there. And when the Spirit, when the, when people ignore the Spirit and get to that place, that's a tragedy. And and the reason that's a tragedy is because of the high view of marriage and singleness that we have. It would have been better to have not gotten married and remain single than to sink into this so that's marriage and divorce done that's what the scriptures teach that's what the standards teach season whatever 15 this has all been season 15 (laughs) we have been in season 15 i think since before the pandemic i don't know it's hard to tell it's been Um, it feels like it's been a really long time (laughs) it's been a minute um but yeah do you have any last words for us on this good riddance season 15 good riddance season 15 i'm sure it was fine but I, all the people who really thought this was the best season ever. There's probably not them. that many of them because it was so inconsistent. It was a weird season. But there's been a lot of life in this. The season this 16 season. will be better. Sweet 16. Sweet. Oh, the oh, sweet 16 season. 16 you know, you know that we are like maybe a year away from our podcast turning it into an, an adult podcast. Like, well, not an adult podcast. You're, you're you're going on a road. <laughs> I didn't mean that. Walk no, it back. Walk it back. Like a like a podcast that has turned into an adult. We're maturing. Mature. We're still not maturing. None of this is good. No. We should just end this episode. Yep. We need to start moisturizing. That's it. We're a podcast that needs to add moisturizer and exfoliation to our daily regime. That didn't help. This is weird. Did we end this weird? You asked me if I had anything more. This, <laughs> oh, is, so this is my this fault. This is your consequence. This is my fault. <laughs> oh my goodness. Thanks, Jeff. All right. He came back. He left for half of this conversation. Well, it was VBS. He has responsibilities. Oh, right. He has a job. How's your job? Oh, let's wrap up. Let's get to to work. We don't want to talk about... Let's get to work. (laughs) We've been working. Finish the work. Finish the work. Come on. (laughs) This has been Season 15, Episode 10. We'll see you next season. Thank you so much for joining us today. If you like our show, please leave us a five-star rating, write a review, and be sure to tell your friends to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you're listening now. Check out our episode notes for links to our church website and any resources shared on this episode. Editing and sound design by Jeff DiMatti. Marcos Ortega wrote this episode. Our executive producers are Mike Antonucci and Jeff DiMatti. Your co-hosts are Pastor Marcos Ortega and Jessica Kilduff. A special thanks to Goodwill Church for supporting this show so we may provide it to you, our listeners, for free. Let's talk again next week.